for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. My name is Jaden, I'm your host today, Kane is out. And Tyler is also out, so I'm stuck with Mitchell McDonald. Mitchell, how are you doing? Stuck? Wow, that's a nice <laughs> way to start it off. <laughs> I was doing good up until then. Come on, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's always a pleasure. I don't we have we've definitely done. I'm pretty sure we've actually done multiple just me and you. Um we have. But yeah, we're recording this post Monday night football, post. Chiefs, Giants, and let's just get right into that. Uh, Chiefs 20, Giants 17. This was supposed to be the game where the Chiefs come out and beat the crap out of the Giants. This was their easy game. This might, this is probably the easiest game they've got left on their schedule. They only win by three points of field goal with about a minute and 15 left to win it. And this was not a convincing win whatsoever. The Giants very easily could have won this game. They, they just didn't look good. Mahomes, 275 and a touchdown and an interception to fumble. Tyreek has a nice game, 12 catches, 94 and a touchdown. Kelsey struggles. I don't know what I don't know what Kelsey's deal is. I feel like these last couple weeks, he's either like not involved or he's not playing well. But I mean, fantasy wise, is the tight end one conversation beginning to open up again? Or is it still just him? I mean, in my opinion, it's kind of getting tight because Hawkinson is getting the involvement again. Waller, eventually he's going to come back to form because they don't have a lot of targets. I feel like it has to become a discussion just because look at the Chiefs' schedule coming up. It's not going to be easy for Travis Kelsey to put up a ton of points, especially if they dedicate any coverage to him like they probably should. (laughs) Yeah, and I said – I said it to you guys in the group chat. I was like, I don't know how you look at the player that Tyreek Hill is and look at the player that Travis Kelsey is and decide we're going to devote all of our defensive attention to Travis Kelsey. Like, how does that, how does that, how is that your thought process? Like, do you, I don't get it. Like I would every day of the week, let Travis Kelsey nickel and dime me down the field versus Tyreek Hill having big play explosiveness where he can turn any screen, any slant into a touchdown because he has that kind of speed. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, Daniel Jones played okay in this one. He gets 222 yards, two touchdowns, a pick and a fumble, typical of Daniel Jones, able to get both kinds of turnovers. And the waiver wire pickup of the season, only four catches on 26 yards. Granted, he did play a little injured. Uh, he had a, he had like a weird, like his helmet came down and like smashed his thumb up against the turf. Uh, so I think, and he was already, he came in with a hand injury or wasn't an ankle injury. I don't know. Didn't he have an injury coming into this? It was ankle. Yeah. So now he has the hand injury, uh, added to the long, long list of giants wide receivers with an injury. God bless the New York giants. And I I don't know what keeps happening or what they're doing to make that keep happening to them, but good, good luck. If you roster any giants players. 
Um, Mitch, I'm just going to throw it over to you. What were your thoughts on this game from either team? Well, you did mention the injuries. I mean, come on. The Giants have basically none of their starting receivers, and Slayton came in. He was probably their top guy after a while because Shepard left with yet another hamstring issue. Tony left for a good period of the game. The Chiefs' defense might be horrible, but they should not have made this as close as it was. Devontae Booker pretty much looked like Saquon Barkley out there, the way he was playing. And Chiefs' offense, that it, it's just rough. I you got to imagine that this was going to be a blowout coming into the game, and the Chiefs just looked flat most of the night. Yeah, and like I said, it was this was supposed to be the prove it game. They're three and four. They just got the crap beaten out of them by Tennessee. This is the game where you show, okay, we're still the Kansas City Chiefs. We're still a Super Bowl contender. We have an elite offense. You're not going to go out there and prove that you have an even average defense. You, you, They just don't have the capabilities to do that. But this was supposed to be a prove-it game, and they did not do that. And now they have the Packers at Vegas and then Dallas in the next three weeks, they have the highest uh, win percentage for their opponents for the rest of the season. So not good in Kansas city. If you weren't already concerned and I'm sure every media outlet has told you already, the chiefs are in trouble. This is, this is big, big trouble. I had the chiefs and this was after everything that happened yesterday, but before Monday night football, I had the chiefs at 10th in the power rankings. So do you think the chiefs should be in front of the saints? At this point? No, they proved nothing. They haven't, they beat one good team in the Browns and every other game is pretty much a garbage win. Okay. Do you have the chiefs in front of the Bengals? It depends on which Bengals you see. It's kind of hard to rank the Bengals because they come out and obliterate the Ravens and then they come out and get beat by Mike White, of all players. But it, I'd keep them just above, just off of the name value for now. But if they keep laying eggs like this, they're definitely going to slide a lot more in the rankings, probably past 15 with this gauntlet yeah. they have ahead. Okay, and then last one, do you have the Chiefs in front of the Raiders? No. I, it hurts me to say it because I'm not a believer in the Raiders, but I, I think they're just more fundamentally sound than the Chiefs at this point. And there's an obvious game plan to play against Patrick Mahomes at this point. Just play two deep safeties and just rush four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. I, I could have swore that, you know, and I kept keeping them like relatively like sitting around 10 just because I thought they'd turn it around. And I know they get the win tonight and they are sitting at 500, which for most teams, that's fine. But when you are the Kansas City Chiefs that has gone to two consecutive Super Bowls, won one of those, you have the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably the best wide receiver, the best tight end. You're supposed to be at least six wins at this point of the season. And I know you've had a gauntlet and I know you're about to have a gauntlet, but the expectations are just higher with in Kansas City. And this is... I don't, there's no way around it. This is a disappointing season and th there's no promise. They make the playoffs at this point. Like I said, they've got the Packers next week. The giants have the Raiders uh, moving on. We had some huge news today. We have a trade deadline tomorrow, Tuesday. We're, we're recording this on Monday night, but huge trade today. Von Miller headed to LA from the Denver Broncos, not the LA chargers. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Um, 
the Rams continue to use that draft capital that they, I, I guess the draft capital that they're supposed to have, they, I can't remember the last time they traded a player for a draft pick. Um, they send a second and a third this year to the Broncos for Von Miller. I think this is a win-win trade. Uh, the Broncos have Von Miller's on an expiring contract. The Broncos aren't in any position to win and the Rams are in a position to win. So you buy in. I think that the Rams, you know, you're in LA, you've got Aaron Donald, you've got Jalen Ramsey. You can convince Von Miller to say, stay. Uh, what are your thoughts on Von Miller to LA? They're the Super Bowl favorites now. It, it's kind of hard to deny them at this point. You have two players that are the top of their positions on defense in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And now you just open up Aaron Donald even more with a guy who's he's declining, but he's still one of those top-tier pass rushers in Vaughn Miller. As a 30-something-year-old man right now, he's still a complete presence on the defense, and I think it's only going to help them. Yeah, and I was going to – I had planned on asking, because uh, with the Bucks losing and the Cardinals losing, this opens up the number one spot. Uh, in the power rankings, and I was going to the Rams the best team in football, and then they trade for Von Miller, and I think this doesn't even make it a discussion at this point in time. I think they are the best team in football. They've been playing lights out. Granted, I don't know what they did to get Houston and Detroit back-to-back, but, hey, I mean, wins, two wins or two wins, but huge, huge pickup for the Rams, especially considering that it's basically been Aaron Donald and whoever else, and that and that's good enough because Aaron Donald is that good, but if you can add Von Miller to that, you know how many sacks Von Miller's going to get now because Aaron Donald is going to still be getting double to triple teamed? Like, he's he's going to eat up, or at least he should anyway, as long as he can stay healthy, which has been a problem for Von Miller. Uh, which takes us to our next big headline, and we're just going to start off with the game. Tennessee 34, Indy 31, and we're just going to jump right into this. Derrick Henry. Number one running back, number one player in fantasy so far this season, missing the rest of the season. It looks like he's going to miss that. I'll throw it over to you. What do you got? Well, from what I'm hearing, it's a Jones fracture, which is on the fifth metatarsal, which in layman's terms is the bone below the pinky toe. And you can actually kind of feel this bone on the outside of your foot. When you feel it, it's just under the head of it. And a Jones fracture, Jaden, as Jaden feels his foot, <laughs> no, is right under the head of that. And the fracture can actually lead to ligament damage. Usually if it hits right on the head, you're fine, but it's just below with a Jones fracture. And he's going to require surgery for this. And the biggest issue for this is that a lot of the surgeries are taking, well, usually take longer than the six to 10 week timeline that some people have been throwing out there for Derrick Henry. It's more, it can take up to four months usually for people like this. And after six weeks, a lot of people go into like orthotic shoes or boots just to try to keep some support on the foot. I'm not optimistic for him at all coming back this year. And it's obviously a huge blow for fantasy owners because it's not even like a week one injury where you didn't know what you had, like Saquon Barkley last year, pretty much. He was the proven number one running back in fantasy, and now he's just toast entirely. 
Yeah, and I mean, a lot of teams were built around, okay, I have Derrick Henry as my running back. Whoever else can play RB2. And this isn't one of those players where you get a premium handcuff like Tony Pollard with Zeke or Alexander Madison with the, with the Vikings. You, there's not really an answer here, an immediate answer anyway. Uh, luckily, the trade deadline has not passed. It is Tuesday, like we said earlier. So they might be able to make some moves. They go out and sign a 36-year-old Adrian Peterson to fill the role of the running back that gets the most carries in the NFL. What? Um, and Jeremy McNichols is still there, but he is pretty clearly more of a pass catching back. So he's not going to play the same role that Derrick Henry did. Obviously huge blow for fantasy owners, huge blow for the Titans who just had a division game against the Colts and were barely able to win that one. I think this opens it up for the Colts. Do you think that the, like the definitive favorite to win this division over the Titans? I wouldn't quite go to definitive, but it it looks great for him because their schedule is not that bad coming up for the Colts. And I'll give Kane Schwartz, the main host here, a little bit of credit now and say that A.J. Brown probably is a wide receiver one now that Derrick Henry is not taking 30 carries a game. But who knows what this offense is going to look like because Ryan Tannehill is very clearly a play-action quarterback and without a severe running presence, sorry, like Derrick Henry, you lose a lot of that play action ability because who's going to be afraid of 36-year-old Adrian Peterson? Yeah, I don't I don't know what they are thinking there. Like, it's cool. Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, they're bringing in Adrian Peterson. Uh, but he is not the answer. And if he is, I, I will come on here and call myself an idiot. But – I just – I can't see it happening. Uh, I was actually looking at Sleeper and how many – he is rostered now in already rostered 20% of league. Jeremy McNichols, who is their starting back that knows the system, only rostered in 5% of leagues, which I still can't understand. I imagine they bring in another guy, whether it be through free agency, uh, trade, but somebody else. You can't, you can't solely depend on a 36-year-old Adrian Peterson to be that guy, especially as run-centric as this offense is. Uh, but, yes, A.J. Brown, great day, 10 catches, 155, and a touchdown. Carson Wentz, who had been really gaining some steam throughout the last couple weeks, two huge interceptions, one in the fourth quarter and the other in overtime, and both of those essentially costed the Colts this win. And Michael Pittman is finally coming into his own. I'll come on here and I'll say that I'm an idiot because Michael Pittman, 10 catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, sometime last year, Kane was like, oh, Michael Pittman is like that. And I was like, dude, Michael Pittman. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, he's, at, he's playing great. Uh, I was able to reap the benefits of his nice day or his nice last couple weeks in fantasy. And uh, yeah. Good, good things for Michael Pittman, especially with T.Y. Hilton on the injury report. But um, he's definitively wide receiver one in Indy for Carson Wentz. On to our next game, which none of us saw coming. We were picking – we were taking the Bengals on the spread. They were like, what, nine-and-a-half point favorites? And we were like, yeah, Bengals. Uh, Mike White, who <sighs> – Mike White, 34-31, Jets win. 
405 yards, three touchdowns. Joins Cam Newton as the only quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in their first career start, which I even found amazing because I did not think that Cam Newton would be the guy that threw for 400 yards in his first game. Um, that was this the con- only time. <laughs> yeah. This begs the question, and I've seen it going around. Should Mike Weber be taking Zach Wilson's spot once Zach Wilson's healthy? No, I've seen, I've seen it. I swear I've seen it. I swear I've seen it. I mean, you've seen it, but you don't waste a number two overall pick for a guy that you start, what, six games and then entirely give up on because some new name threw for 400 yards? Yeah. He did earn himself a backup job in the NFL for a decade off of I was going to say the same thing. Congrats to Mike White. Yeah, he he will be a very sought-after. Who was that? dude that the played well for the Packers and like they they had clinched to buy or they yeah Matt Flynn he, he's he screams Matt Flynn who's gonna get a <laughs> yeah he's gonna get a backup job and he's going to get paid like seven million a year for like the next six or seven years for some good team and he's just a nice little insurance policy um I I I, I it's like it's hard to process the fact that this has happened even though there was a very questionable penalty at the end of the game i believe it was mike hilton it's like a head-to-head or helmet-to-helmet penalty uh on mike hilton that there's a big argument should it have been called should it not uh that essentially cost the bengals this game but joe burrow 21 34 259 three touchdowns and a pick jamar chase kind of cools off uh, three catches, 32 yards, but he finds the end zone, gets a touchdown. T. Higgins, four catches, 97. Joe Mixon finds the end zone twice, uh, one on the ground and one through the air. Is there a level of panic for Cincinnati right now? Well, there's the team that also almost lost the Jaguars on Thursday night football. I There's a panic because they were giving themselves the Super Bowl ring last week after beating the Ravens, but – I feel like this is just what you should expect from Cincinnati. They're a team that plays to the level of their competition, and they shouldn't be shocked if they lose to bad teams or pull off a major win against a good team. You just don't know what to expect from this roster. Yeah, case in point, beating the Ravens the following week, beating the Jets, or losing to the Jets. Um, But yeah, Bengals have Cleveland next week and then they get a bye and then they have to go to Vegas. I feel like every single team that I've listed off the schedule, Vegas has been on their schedule. Uh, And then they get Pittsburgh. And speaking of Pittsburgh, that takes us right into our next game. The Pittsburgh Steelers win a football contest for the third straight week. This is very exciting news for me. They beat the Cleveland Browns 15 to 10, improved to four and three Browns fall to four and four. Baker sucks. Just I, there's no way around it. He sucks. Um, Jarvis Landry, five catches, 65 yards. OBJ, one catch, six yards. That is the lowest amount of catches and yards he's had in a game in which he was fully healthy in his entire career. I, I don't know what the problem is. I just, he's so talented and I know he sometimes is injured. He needs to go. He needs to get the hell out of Cleveland. 
Cleveland needs to trade him. It's clearly not ever going to work with him and Baker. If Baker's your guy, get rid of OBJ. Somebody will trade for him. I know this is about the lowest of low as far as his market goes, but OBJ and Baker do not work. It's, it's just, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. Sorry. Um, Baker, <laughs> like I said, not doing very well in this game. They, I believe they reached, they got to the red zone like four times and only scored once. Cause I, I mean, I was watching that game and Aircraft. I'm just going off the top of my head, but he's in a contract year. And we talked about this a little bit last week. Do you think the Browns bring back Baker Mayfield? Well, yeah, they're going to bring him back. That's their well, number one pick. They're obviously going to bring him back, but I think Odell's probably on the market pretty heavy right now going into tomorrow for a lot of receiver needy teams. Yeah. So, well, the thing with me, Baker Mayfield came out in the same class as Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Both of those guys are going to get $200 million plus contracts. And I, we talked, I talked about this a little bit last week when we were on with Tyler Kane. Um, they're both going to get $200 million plus contracts. Baker Mayfield did, to his credit, bring a Cleveland Browns team who was god-awful for God knows how long off into the playoffs, winning seasons, multiple seasons in a row. And he's going to want credit for that. He's going to want to get paid like a guy. He's going to want to get paid like a Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. He's going to want that respect. He doesn't deserve it, but he's going to want it. And if Cleveland pays Baker Mayfield that much money – their Super Bowl window is officially closed. I don't care how good this roster is because they can improve it. And Baker Mayfield is not your franchise quarterback. He just he doesn't make big time plays. He and as much as like he gets up, I was so happy to see when he got hit out of bounds. I mean, granted it was a dirty hit, but we hit him out of bounds. And he got <laughs> up and pumped his fist. And like two two plays later, Jarvis Landry fumbled the ball and he shut the he shut right oh. up. Well, I gotta ask you, Jaden. Who in the world would pay Baker Mayfield that $200 million contract? There's nobody in the league that would do that, except maybe Cleveland. I feel like maybe they <laughs> overpay a little, but I can't see them going much more than like a Kirk Cousins deal because that's all Baker Mayfield is, is a Kirk Cousins at best. Kirk might be better, honestly. Kirk is definitely – I would definitely – I'm taking Kirk over him. Age kind of is taken into account because, like, you you think there's oh, room yeah, for that's... improvement with Baker. But – Right now, I'm taking Kirk Cousins over Baker Mayfield. Uh, anyway, enough of the Browns talk. I don't know if we're going to keep this or not, but Kane put time to turn to Case Keenum in the notes. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I don't know if I'm oh, there God, yet. No, no. I, if the season completely spirals out of control, maybe bench Baker just so he can get work on his shoulders. But... There's like an no, 80% chance Keenum that Kane ends up editing this. So, Kane, you're going to hear this. What the hell, man? You you literally were just going to bat for Baker <laughs> two weeks ago, and now you're calling for his job at the hands of Case he Keenum. He saying Joe Burrow was behind Baker Mayfield yeah, yeah, two weeks ago in yeah. Kane's personal ranking. Let's not edit this out. We're keeping this <laughs> We're in. keeping it. <laughs> um, also, small thing, Nick Chubb, 61 yards. He has really taken a fall from grace as far as fantasy goes. He finishes with uh, eight PPR points this week, no touchdowns. So he, he doesn't really do that well. I mean, he's like the an RB2 at this point. Yeah, up. I know. But, like, if Kareem Hunt's not Conklin, there, he's not stealing the targets. 
Well, he's not a receiving back whatsoever. That's why during hey, Johnson's there right now, so he can get some. He got one catch. That's about all you can ask for out of Nick Chubb. But I feel like the, the offensive line is still pretty banged up. They finally get Conklin back, and then he goes out and dislocates his elbow. So he's going to be out, well, multiple weeks at least. They're still waiting on an MRI for that. But that is rough, considering the offensive line is probably the heart and soul of this offense. Yeah, that is true. Now, real quick, real quick, rest of season, James Robinson or Nick Chubb? James Robinson. He catches the ball. Daryl Henderson or Nick Chubb? Daryl Henderson. He catches the ball. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you Cordero Patterson or Nick Chubb. uh, uh, That one's just weird just because I don't – know if Cordero can keep it up he's just such an oddball right now but Atlanta's using him and I guess without Ridley being there I'd probably take Cordero over him and maybe James Robinson just because he's in a stagnant offense wow kind of scary to hear for those people that took Nick Chubb in the first round of their fantasy drafts, which many people did. Now, another guy who should have been taken in the first round of their fantasy drafts and should have been taken with the first pick every time of every draft of all things, Najee Harris, 26 carries, 91 yards and a touchdown. I love him with all my heart. Everything about him just makes me happy. I I could stare at him and just ear to ear grin. I, I love him so much. Um, he's, he's great, man. I just wish Jamar chase wasn't a rookie this year because Najee Harris will be running away with offensive rookie of the year right now. ESPN put out a freaking rookie ranking. He didn't even make the top 10. Shut the fuck up. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. Pittsburgh gets, we get our two weeks of okay games. We get Chicago and Detroit. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We will be. Detroit's first win. I I'm calling it. I just got a bad feeling about it. That's what we do. (laughs) Um, So hopefully we can, hopefully we can go five and oh throughout these, the last three and the next two, and then head into our gauntlet, which I've talked about multiple times uh, with a six and three record. But I think any chance of us winning the division is out the window. Going to have to bring this up. Mitchell uh, Patriots, 27 chargers, 24, Herbert throws two interceptions and the charges have dropped two straight. Mike Williams has is doing what Mike Williams should be doing. The 30 points, then four points. Like this is this is kind of what the expectation was for Mike Williams when we got multiple 30-point weeks in a row. We everybody was like trying to jump on the hype train, but I think Mike Williams has finally cooled off back into the role that he should be in. But I'm just gonna throw this to you. Uh what's going on in LA? Well, honestly, I'm kind of relieved by this game because last year they blew us out like 40 to nothing. (laughs) Belichick just knows how to play the Chargers, and he does every year since, well, since Brady was there. It's been the same case year in and year out. Uh, This week was pretty rough. Herbert was showing the young quarterback mistakes. The pick six that cost us the game, I don't know if it was on him or Jared Cook because Jared Cook, was a little reminiscent of A.J. Green, except he knew it was a pass play. He just mm-hmm. didn't turn around, let the ball sail over his head, 
and was back to Adrian Phillips as he ran past him for a touchdown. But the running game showed signs of life, unlike in the Ravens game. So I, I still have some optimism there. We were definitely way better on defense than we were the week before. We held the Patriots to overall under four yards per carry. So I'm, there's bright spots in this game. It's just the Pats are a tough team, and we had some costly mistakes, and that's going to happen. Yep, yep. Uh, good for the Chargers, though, that their division, it, while it being one that's probably one of the most talented, the Chiefs are not doing very well, as we've talked about. Uh, they sit at four and four. The Chargers sit at four and three because of their bye week, and the Raiders sit at five and two of the Broncos. I'm not even going to acknowledge them. The Broncos are frauds. They were, I'll talk about this in 10, like, I don't know, 20 minutes. The Broncos almost blew that game twice. They fumbled with Melvin Gordon on first down. They pick it up, run it again, then run it with Melvin Gordon on third down, and he fumbles, and the Washington football team gets him. How do you do that? How do you fumble two plays out of three? All you got to do, you could kneel it, and the game be over. I, I just – Well, but when you're a guy who could have gotten $10 million and then didn't sign that contract and then got $5 million from a division rival, you're going to make boneheaded plays. Fuck you, well, Melvin Gordon. That, <laughs> and that's true. That's true. Uh, Chargers get the Eagles in Philly next week, and then they get the Vikings, and then they get my Steelers, and then they're in Denver for week 12. Now, the Patriots, I, I don't know what to do with this team. I don't know how to rank them because they beat the Jets twice, and they beat the Texans, and they barely beat the Texans. But they just beat the Chargers. They played the Dolphins close, which I don't care about. They played Tampa Bay close, and they played Dallas close. So – like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this team. I don't know what to think of this team. Obviously, their defense is going to be what they hang their hat on uh, and running the ball, but their secondary is a little banged up right now. So that upside for that defense is not really there. I, I don't know what to do. I, I think I have them at 14 in the power rankings right I'd, now. I'd put them above the Bengals, honestly. Really? I think they would, would you them put them above? Head. They're just – Go ahead. Uh, I was about to say, they're just one of those gritty teams. They're going to win those games against teams like the Chargers, who aren't quite necessarily a hard-nosed football team. So I'd imagine you're you're not putting the Patriots over the Chargers, though. No. no. Power rankings-wise. I think okay. we, we just had some bad mistakes at bad moments. We should have beaten them. We were up almost the entire game until the pick six. Would you put the Patriots in front of the Raiders? I think they're two very similar teams, and I just trust the quarterback more in Derek Carter than Mac Jones, so I'd take the Raiders over them. Okay. Even Patriot though the Raiders are due for their inevitable midseason oh, yeah. collapse oh, like they yeah. get every year. They batter, too. <laughs> uh, Patriots or Steelers, who do you have higher? This one's tough just because the defense is so good in Pittsburgh, but I might give the the edge just to New England on coaching. It's close. It, hey, it's honestly a coin toss of a game. If I had it, I feel like the money line would be even depending on where the game was. Yeah, especially like in that a neutral field. I don't know who wins that game. Like there's like a – there is a group of like six teams right now where if they played on a neutral field, I would have no idea who's going to win in any – for any of them like the nfl is really tight right now 
I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this Patriots team. I've tried to think about, because I didn't even think about that. Like the fact that they've only beat the Jets twice and the Texans, who they barely beat. Like that blows my mind. That And could they, you know, make a run at the Super Bowl? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about all that. No, not that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm kind of in the same boat. And the Patriots get Carolina next week in Carolina, who is a sputtering Carolina team, but we'll get to that in a second. Our next headliner game of the weekend, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. This was, this was one that I couldn't have seen coming. We do have a huge injury though. Seamus Winston torn ACL. I don't think you need to really go over this one too much, but if you have anything, go ahead. Nope. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, he's he's done for. He might have made it worse dancing in the locker room too, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, usually I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone fresh off an eight a season ending ACL tear continue to dance in the locker room with dude, they had like the fog machine going in the locker room for a regular season win. Like I get it, like they're the Super Bowl champions, like go ahead, but I mean, come on, a fog machine, seriously. Peyton, Peyton always has his number in the regular season against Arians that's just Sean Payton yeah well replacing Jameis Winston was Trevor Simeon who actually went 16 for 29 159 in the touchdown uh now the question becomes for New Orleans because it looks like they're not going to be inquiring about outside help because there have been talks about Cam Newton he's been you know They've they've pretty much said no about Cam Newton. I don't know if they look at Dalton, uh, Nick Foles. Apparently, Philip Rivers. Uh, might oh might they're gonna bring in another Chargers quarterback? So I just have to root for them again. <laughs> the Saints just want to be like the Chargers so bad, don't they? Sean Payton has an affinity for Chargers quarterbacks, apparently. Yeah. I, well, they Taysom's coming back. Why would you give him all that Monopoly made-up money if you're not going to use him? Because you might have to pay him some of that made-up Monopoly money if you use him. Uh, so Taysom Hill is in concussion protocol, has been since October 3rd. Do you see him being back? Be so you see he'll him be being fine. back for week nine? They, now do you see him they, being the starter? Well, what are you going to do? Throw in Trevor Simeon? No. I mean, they, they just got Mark Ingram back, so they can do like a power back kind of situation oh, with package. him again. Be more – oh, yeah. Without Kamara or Taysom Hill with, having Heisman. Without two Heisman winners, <laughs> just the one Heisman. You got one-third of it. Any Heisman winner you can run a Heisman package with. They might be able to be more run – centric than what they were before even though they did just lose andres pete and he's on ir now so that this is still a really well-formed roster even though they have little to no receiving threats until michael thomas gets back it might have have any someone like Taysom hill do you have anything on michael thomas does anyone have anything on michael thomas no one has shit on him. <laughs> no one knows when he's coming back. I, I didn't at this think point, so. you don't even know if he's going to get traded because he just hates the franchise at this point. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I wish more might... of that information would get out on that disparity yeah. between them from the offseason. But the, no. and there, I think it definitely will, especially if he gets moved. Like the, it'll it'll definitely come to light. 
uh, because there's no relationship there anymore. Um, but Brady, as per usual, Sean Payton's just got his number in the regular season. It, it happened last year, and he threw a costly pick six with a minute and 24 left in this game, ended up costing him the game. On the final drive, he gets sacked, throws an incompletion, and then gets sacked again. Mike Evans, though, we came in here. I think at least one of us were sitting Mike Evans this week. He had two catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Like you act like that's a massive stat line. He salvaged it's his massive week with one touchdown it, in a it's loss. A he in had the right two catches against Marshawn Lattimore and got lucky on one in the touchdown. He has been absolutely like down by games, Lattimore man. his entire career. He salvaged that, it this week. This is not a good fantasy week. Did he make projections? No, it's not a good fantasy week. Yeah, but you're never you never expect Mike Evans to hit his projection ever. You never expect it. It's like you hope and it. it's not <laughs> yeah, it's not because he's a bad player, but any given week he could give you six points. Just because he if he doesn't get in the end if he doesn't get in the end zone, if he doesn't, if he drops that ball, he gets one catch for seven yards. It's just that's yeah, just who horrible. Mike Evans is. So, and especially coming into this matchup, you were just I, hoping I, for anything in the double digits, and he got there. You know what? I'm counting it as a dub for the sit of the week still because Lattimore had him in check for most of the game, and it was enough to give them the win. So, take your victory lap, Mitchell. Go ahead. All right, Ooh. next game we got Dallas, Minnesota. I, well, I would like to say, oh, go ahead before we move on. I did pick New Orleans to win this game, but we just didn't have the graphic come out. I would oh, like the podcast dang. record to show that. Oh, I did pick them. Who didn't put the Who didn't put the graphic? Yeah, out? who didn't release that? Hey man, yeah, I, I, I was at work until was. like four that night, and then didn't wake up till one o'clock because I didn't set an alarm. So like I was just frantically trying to get out there to watch football. Uh, on to our next game. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys, Minnesota. Cowboys with Cooper Rush at quarterback win 20-16. to 16. Like I said, Cooper Rush plays. Dak rolled out a couple hours before the game. I don't really know exactly what time it was, but Cooper Rush surely didn't play bad. 24 for 40, 325, two touchdowns, and was able to lead that game-winning drive. Zeke got a huge conversion on third down, fourth down. Yeah. One of those. Well, I, I was asleep at that point. Oh. In the game. <laughs> Third down, fourth down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he has, he had a huge One play to get them to like the five and then Cooper rushed through a dime to Amari Cooper who made an excellent catch in the back corner of the end zone. Amari Cooper with a great game, eight catches, 122 and a touchdown. CD lamb, six catches, 112. Uh, do you think Dallas is legit as far as being a Super Bowl contender goes? I think there's always the opportunity for them to win every game just because it it kind of is on Trayvon Diggs' shoulders for that defense because the secondary, he's so hit or miss with every play. He needs those opportunistic moments. And I know people are going to say he shut down Justin Jefferson this week, but he also got burned by Adam Thielen on a few plays. He wasn't solely on Jefferson. I feel like people are letting Jefferson's pretty – lowbrow stat line 
make people think that it was digs on him the entire game when he was guarding Thielen too. And Thielen had a pretty solid stat line. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was watching this game as far, especially the Vikings off. And I was playing you who had Justin Jefferson pretty big stake in this game. And I saw digs on Thielen a lot more than I thought. I, I thought that it would for sure be, Digs on Jefferson and then whoever else on Thielen, they would just keep mixing it up. But it was it was Thielen on Diggs a good amount. Um, I do want to say Kane has argued adamantly about Dak Prescott being in the MVP conversation. And one of his main arguments was you saw how bad this Dallas team was without Dak last year. Well, you see how good this Dallas team is with Cooper Rush at quarterback. They can go out and beat a Vikings team that is a borderline playoff contender. I know Tyler would argue against that, but I mean, this, this is a really good team. And Dak Prescott has the second easiest job in football behind Tom Brady. He just goes out there and he gives the ball to his playmakers and that's all you got to do. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you can be a 13 and four, you know, maybe even a 14 win team, go make a Super Bowl run. Dak Prescott's going to be remembered very well, but is he the most valuable player? And I know that that's not how it's defined, but I don't think he should be anywhere near the MVP talks unless he goes I, absolutely nuclear statistically. I think that we're back to where we were a few years ago with this Cowboys team. Everybody said it ride or died on this offensive line. And last year, look at what happened. Their offensive line was completely obliterated. They're back to form now, and Cooper Rush is out there winning them games against a team that is a competitor week in and week out in the Minnesota Vikings. Regardless of their record overall, they can compete with just about any team in the NFL. And I having Zach Martin in there is the crucialest point of this offense because without him, you turn into week one yet again where you have to throw 60 times with Dak Prescott, and that, that's just not how to win games. Yeah. And like I said, like, I, I just, I don't think that's, he doesn't have anything like that makes me say, wow, you know, and like all these other guys that are in that MVP conversation, the Josh Allen's, the Lamar Jackson's, the Kyler Murray's they're they have something that I'm like, wow, he is elite. And can, I will grant they that can carry a team. Yeah. yeah. And Dak has an elite processor. I will grant him that he is probably second to, only you know your Rodgers, Brady's, uh, your veteran guys, I, and Joe Burrow is starting to creep into that conversation. But that's a talk for another day. But Dak Prescott does have an elite processor. I will, processor, I will grant him that. But when you are able to throw the ball to the likes of Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, you have Zeke to hand the ball off to. You have Dalton Schultz who's emerging. Michael Gallup's coming back soon. Tony Pollard is good. You have the best offensive line in football so far this year. I, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of things that are helping Dak Prescott be as successful as he is, and they helped Cooper Rush on Sunday night. Uh, the Vikings are now three and four. Daniil Hunter tore his peck out for season. What does I mean? Do you do you have anything on this? Is well, there anything? Well, it's usually like a four month timeline at least for that. So I would not expect him back at all. That he was looking great this year, so that's going to hurt a lot in the pass rush. And it's a shame because this defense finally got Anthony Barr back, so they got Hendricks and Barr back, but pass rush is going to take a hit. 
we'll see if they try to make a move for somebody for as far as pass rushing. Maybe a, t- yeah. a guy I, on the current Pittsburgh Steelers roster. They want to make a run. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be that would be totally weird though if they sent like a second round pick or something for somebody that uh we signed this offseason from the LA Chargers. That'd be weird. And uh yeah, that'd be weird. Um <laughs> but that is a huge blow to a defense that doesn't have a whole lot of star power on it. They do have Eric Kendricks and Everson Griffin, but this is the team that especially their coverage unit, a lot of it is manufactured through their pass rush that has been so good this season. In Minnesota, actually the most sacks in the league coming into this game. Did not know that. And that was that was pretty shocking to me. Um, do you think this injury like really hinders Minnesota's playoff chances? I think it hurts a lot more than what you would initially think. I if they really want to make this playoff push, then I think Melvin Ingram probably is one of their best options to try to salvage the season, but We'll see how they respond because there's a lot of teams that are in need of pass rush. Yeah, that is true. All right, let's hit some of these other, uh, you know, less important games, for lack of a better word. Uh, Carolina, Atlanta, Carolina wins 19 to 13. Carolina gets their first win in their last five games. Darnold is now entering concussion protocol. Do you have anything on that? No, not yet. It's pretty early in the process, but I th- this team's going to absolutely suck if they have to run out P.J. Walker. Yeah, huge blow for D.J. Moore's fantasy value, and who knows whenever Christian McCaffrey is going to come back. Also, Robbie Anderson, he's done. He's cooked. For the Robbie Anderson, it, it's it's over. One target, zero catches. He And he got popped on the one target he he's, got. He's, he's cooked. Horrible. Horrible. He's, he's worse than a Rob. He might've been like a sneaky pick for a sleeper late in drafts, but people expected him to do something. He he's only had points when he had a touchdown. And in those games, it's hardly any points, even with the touchdown. Yeah. He's, I just, I don't get it. Yes. I don't get it. But Sam Darnold is weirdly enough. The guy that actually was with him in New York doesn't, doesn't like to throw Sam Darnold does not like to throw him the ball. Um, PTSD from Buffalo. New York. Can you blame him? <laughs> um, yeah. He, he, whenever he looks at Robbie Anderson, he sees three pass rushers closing in on him. Um, he's seeing ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buffalo over Miami 26 to 11. Miami falls to one and seven. That Deshaun Watson trade, if it happens, cannot come soon enough. Uh, Buffalo, this game was actually closer than the final score indicates. Buffalo kind of pulled it out in the end. They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. But I think, you know, there, I don't think there's, we're learning anything new from this game. Uh, San Francisco over Chicago, 33 to 22. Jimmy G actually had two rushing touchdowns, but Justin Fields finally has a good game. He has 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. He had an amazing play uh, where, like, that is definitely the highlight of his young career and i mean i i think that this this is a very this is obviously a very good sign and the fact that matt nagy wasn't there is that the reason why i don't know might be but, the reason why the defense sucked <laughs> yeah. well that in the absence of Khalil Mack, that. that probably didn't help either ah Khalil Mack, schmaleo Mack. who who cares right um this is one that I didn't see coming. I 
weirdly enough, three out of four of us picked the 0-8 team to win this game. And this is what we get. Philadelphia, 44. Detroit, 6. Detroit falls to 0-8. And they are no longer the best winless team that I've ever seen, as I've said multiple times. Uh, Philly, four rushing touchdowns between Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. What? They're just a winless team now. <laughs> yeah, like not the, the best they, yeah, they're, they're team, not just a winless. They're not even. They don't even bite ankle. They don't even bite kneecaps anymore. They're just. They're just like, I don't know. They're just hitting people now, and they're missing. They suck. This I've been keeping them out of thirty-two, just because like, oh, they're in every game, but they just can't seem to finish it off. But this, this is what does it. They are now officially dead last in the power rankings, and until they win, probably will stay there. Uh, but like I said, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard both get two touchdowns in this one. And Kenny Gainwell, who was like supposed to be, if Miles Sanders goes down, this guy is a lock it in starter. He's going to be great because he gets all the passing volume. And if he can get in the end zone, he's going to be great. He has no targets, none, and 26 yards on the ground. Just what, why? <sighs> Gotta love Boston Scott. Yep, <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't fail. If there's a good running back in Philadelphia, Boston Scott will make it no more. Uh, bad beat for Rams betters this week. The Rams were favored by 16 and a half. They win by 16. 38-22 over Houston. Houston surges late. I think in, <sighs> like I'm pretty sure 22 were in the second half. Uh, and the Rams didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. So I feel awful for those that uh, put down money on the Rams in this one. The Rams improved to seven and one. Houston falls to one and seven. Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Seattle over Jacksonville, 31 to seven. This was one that I thought Jacksonville might have been able to win just because, you know, you get a nice little matchup. Trevor Lawrence, maybe be able to work his magic against the Seattle defense. No, and the water cycle, the water cycle returns to bite me in the ass. 142 yards, 12 catches was probably the primary reason I am going to, or I have lost this week in fantasy, which is very sad. But uh, do you have anything on Russell Wilson? Well, he actually just got the pin out of his thumb from his surgery. So he's progressing really well. He's ahead of schedule. He's at this point, there's two weeks away from the next game. So there's no telling, but he's optimistic and the team's optimistic that he might actually be able to make it and play in this game. Well, their game against the Packers after the bye, but. (laughs) Do you have anything on Chris Carson? He wants to start practicing soon from what I saw, but it's a neck injury. I can't imagine they're going to rush him back. Alex Collins has looked fine in his absence. There's no reason to rush him back onto the field. It's very true. Um, Washington versus Denver. I'm just going to put it. I'm just going to say it. Uh, Kane's notes for this was we suck dot, dot, dot. That's all in parentheses for straight L's. Uh, so in case you couldn't figure out, Washington takes the L in this one to Denver. We mentioned it earlier. Denver almost blew this twice, but Denver somehow gets their first win in their last five games. They're now four and four. Washington is now two and six. Again, I don't think we knew we learned anything new in this game. This was one that I would not turn on if there was no other game on. I, 
this is two teams that suck. Uh, there's just no way around it. Um, these two teams suck. God One of them's 500 somehow. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Giants, Jets, and Jags would be the reason. They, they would be the somehow. Um, so that's all of our games from Sunday. All right, which takes us to our game balls of the week. Uh, a kind of like, would you call this a good week of NFL football? Like, it was solid. It was solid. It, the upper echelon games kind of lived up to their hype compared to what they had in the last few weeks. Yeah, so that I will I will throw it to you. Who's your game ball of the week? Gonna be a little biased. Former Charger Adrian Wilson, two picks, game clinching pick six against his old team. I I still love him. He was a great safety for us when we had him, and he was absolutely crucial to that Patriots win. They don't win that game without him. Yeah, agreed. I I did see he's actually because I was looking through today for the highlights and stuff. And he was the only one I could find for New England, oddly enough. Um, but my game ball is going to go to two gentlemen. And these are the two most obvious game balls that I think we've had all season. And it's Mike White and Cooper Rush. You get two guys, two backup quarterbacks that Zach Wilson's obviously not super high profile, but as far as name goes and the fact that he was a number two draft pick, they're both feeling relatively big shoes. And they go out and they beat good teams. Like – in convincing fashion, they both have great games. Like, you know, arguably, I mean, Mike White has had, had a better game than Zach Wilson has had all year. And Cooper Rush played at Dak's level, which is an MVP level. Uh, so, I mean, the, very, very easy choices. And that is the first dual game ball of the season. So I think that backup quarterbacks holding it down this week. Yeah. Yeah, just waiting for Dwayne Haskins' moment to shine. Mike Tomlin, any 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 week now, you can put him in anytime you want because you are the head coach. <sighs> and like we've mentioned, we do have the trade deadline coming tomorrow at four p.m. And we've like we've mentioned already, we've already got some action with Von Miller heading to the Rams. If there's anything bigger than that trade, I mean. I'm I'm getting my popcorn. I'm, I'm excited up. because yeah, that's that's going to be very fun if that does in fact happen. If we can get like maybe the Deshaun Watson trade finally goes through, or some of these other names that Mitchell is going to say right now. A few of the trades that I kind of want to look at. I feel like Odell. Maybe you, you got to start looking for him to get shipped out of town. And probably my top two destinations for him are wide receiver stricken team. I don't know how well he would fit in in Baltimore, but maybe. And then the Indianapolis Colts, they have the cap space and they have the lack of receivers. So anything would probably be helpful to Carson Wentz. If that happens, Michael Pittman's fantasy value has to plummet a little, I guess. Another guy, another receiver, hopefully Allen Robinson. Please free him from the nightmare that is Chicago. He's a franchise tag guy, so it would be one-year thing. I don't know if you can trade franchise tag guys. Never looked into that enough. Maybe you can. Deshaun Watson, obvious one. That's has been 
talked about to its grave at this point. It's a matter of if you're willing to take his baggage along with giving up all of your assets to get him. And then maybe a sneaky one. The Bears have sucked, so maybe they might be shopping Khalil Mack. We'll see. Um, Certain L.A. team that still has cap space and trade assets might want him opposite of a Bosa brother. That would be nice. Weird. L.A. team acquires aging pass rusher. Weird. I don't, I don't know where I've heard that. <laughs> heard that somewhere before. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's happened recently. Um, I had a couple, I guess, lower key ones. Uh, I did have Allen Robinson on my list. I think that Green Bay, and I this this also applies to Odell Beckham. I think Green Bay is definitely an option for both of those guys because Green Bay finally seems to have their head on straight. They seem to be buying in, and you see what happens when you get a guy like Randall Cobb in here who goes in and in a game when you don't have your three best receivers, he puts up two touchdowns. Devondre Campbell, I this I heard this two weeks ago, so I don't know if that still holds true, but he has been the highest graded linebacker in the NFL. Throughout the I'm pretty, course of the he season. had a great game and on he's Thursday, been phenomenal and he he was a free agent signing and that's just something that Green Bay hasn't done in the past so you see now they're finally making moves and what do you know it's working so I mean maybe maybe Rogers gets in the year during the year you can definitely get who do you think has a cheaper price right now here's a question who do you think has a cheaper price Allen Robinson or Odell Beckham Odell because of the contract. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe uh, Robinson is one year, so maybe he might. I mean, be he's expiring, too, but he's expiring. I don't think Odell's expiring. So, and Odell's is pretty hefty. So, yeah. Um, hmm. only thing though that would hinder a Allen Robinson to Green Bay trade, and the same thing applies to Division. Odell to Baltimore, is interdivision. Like I, I, that's why I don't think Odell ends up in Baltimore. And I also think Baltimore is pretty happy with what they've got at receiver right now. I know it's not like overwhelmingly great, but Bateman's looked okay. Hollywood has emerged. Yeah, as they've a, got young good. players with promise. Yeah. That's, and then Sammy Watkins is your vet who's not going to really, you know, do a whole lot of good stuff, but he's, he's just going to be okay. Um, we just sat here because I, I thought Jacksonville was going to be the spot for Eric Ebron, but forgot they were they got Dan Arnold earlier in the year. So then we sat here for about two minutes trying to find a spot for Eric Ebron. And we came up with the Green Bay Packers, who seemed to be a theme in this little uh, buying thing, which is weird because when have the Packers ever bought at the trade deadline? Uh, but maybe this is the year, right? I don't think they make more than one of these moves, but I think it's very possible that they make one. Uh, Eric Ebron is very available. He, I'm pretty sure it was a healthy scratch this week. So kind of, kind of points to him being gone. And then also, I'm sorry, I know this sounds biased, but James Washington, another stealer, he requested a trade earlier in the season. Uh, and I think that we move him somewhere. I have no idea where Indianapolis makes sense. Uh, we can, you know, maybe get like a fourth to a fifth for him. Um, and they need receiver help. It would, dude, he's not bad. Des Bryant. He's not him. worth a fourth or fifth. You're not. You could find a fourth or a fifth round receiver that's as good as him. So, not right now. <laughs> not in the middle of the season. Des Bryant said he was good. Mm. So, you're not Des Bryant. You don't know anything. Um, 
And then my last guy is very specific to today and today's news. It's Jamal Williams to Tennessee. I really like this move. I think it, it helps them not suck moving forward. It, you know, it's not a Peterson. So, Hey, right. Uh, and the lines, he doesn't really fit their timetable. Like he's a great guy. Like he, he has really taken to the Lions organization. I'm sure it would be kind of, you know, hard for them to move him, but they can just go up to him and ask him, you know, Hey, do you, do you want to try and win? Cause clearly they're not in a situation too. He's got a year and a half left on his deal. So he can go to Tennessee, finish out this year. If they decide they want to keep him to play alongside Derrick Henry next year, they can do that or they can move him this off season. But I think that makes a lot of sense for Titans. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we're going to probably be putting this out on Tuesday. We still have the Jersey giveaway going on. Uh, kind of been a little stagnant on the Instagram here recently. What's going on guys? What are, what are we doing here? Uh, but we're going to be giving it away at hundred followers. I believe we're at 58 at the time of recording. Uh, and then we're People still going just to don't like free jerseys. I know. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying, but it's free real we, estate. <laughs> it, it is free real estate, quite honestly. And I don't understand why people don't want that. I feel like just 10 seconds of our, of your day to get a 1% chance at a free Jersey. I mean, come on. It's, and it's really, it's like a 1.1 because me, Mitchell, Tyler, and Kane are not included in the giveaway. And we all follow the account. So you got a one in 96 chance. So, uh, I mean, I'm unfollowing. increased odds. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to unfollow us for that, go ahead. Um, but we're going to be putting our power rankings up on Instagram and on TikTok. Our TikTok did very well last week. I was very proud of that. I actually woke up and I saw it had 150 views and each of them took like an hour to make. So I was like, I will never be making one of these again. And lo and behold, one of them gets 12,000 views. So very happy with that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this one. We will be back on Thursday with the Thursday night football recap and our outlook for week nine. We are at the midway point of the NFL season. I don't know how to feel. I feel sad and happy at the same time, but yeah, getting a little bit closer to playoffs. So I will catch you guys on the next one.